Good morning, folks. Welcome to Righteous Rebuild Podcast this morning. Jesus loves you! Glad to be here this morning. We're about to be uh, having a day filled with fishing as we're going to go catch some fish this morning. My name is John Hutton, and alongside me is my smoking hot and pregnant wife, Madison. What it be, what it do? How's it going, Madison? Growing a human. We got to see lots of family this week, and I'm excited to be home now so we can go crabbing. Crabbing, yeah. I keep trying to use the crab for uh, some fish bait and whatnot, and Madison keeps getting mad at me because apparently it's inhumane or whatever to. I feel bad for the crabs. Okay, well, I'm still got to catch fish, right? Uh, but we'd just like to thank everyone who joined us last week to our Righteous Rebuild podcast, a podcast where restoration takes place. We just uh, really appreciate the support. And, you know, we'd ask that if you would like to continue supporting us, to continue your support through, like, whether it be prayer or uh, continue also by just liking and subscribing to our YouTube and Spotify pages where you can find us at Righteous Rebuild, Rebuild Podcast. Podcast, yeah. You know what it is. So um, today we're just going to go ahead and get into the full swing of things. For this week, uh, we have a little bit more normal of an episode this week as last week was just more introductory today we're actually going to be going over some biblical literature <laughs> and uh found in second corinthians we're going to be reading from there uh this week we're actually going to be continuing on from last week and we're going to be discussing the rebuild process uh, which is why we entitled today's podcast rebuilding what is broken today we're actually specifically going to be talking about the broken part of the rebuilding process and and the reason why is because uh, in order for us to be fully rebuilt into the uh, image and, and, and the likeness of God it, it's a lifelong process and a lot of times God likes to start that process by breaking us by shattering us by crushing us and perplexing us and there's some uh, Bible verses that remind us of that that we're going to be going over today and just kind of dissecting those today uh, and and we'll be de- we'll just be discussing this rebuilding process from the perspective of brokenness and I can tell you when it comes to brokenness I'm I think of automatically the word break right uh Madison she's going to be the first to tell you that I'm great at breaking things <laughs> like when you flooded the garage <laughs> always mentioning that or fell down the stairs and ripped out the banister Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was, like, trying to figure out what you were talking about, but, yeah, that was a long time ago. I think my favorite, though, is when you broke my car. The Subaru. Why can't I always bring that Everybody's always bringing that up. Like, okay, so. Listen, listen. The story's out. I break everything. Listen, John knows how to change the oil. He does. He knows how to change the oil on a car. Just the Subaru oh, with the range different. We should just give John praise for doing what every <laughs> man can basically do, right? <laughs> But it's arranged different on a Subaru, and so you drained out the yeah. transmission fluid instead of the oil, and my cross track got a little well, trip to the dealership. <laughs> well, it was actually so bad, and I like to make the joke that I had a really uh, bad $400 car wash because that's what it cost us to fix it, and at the dealerships, they like to give you a car wash after servicing your vehicle. But it was uh, really so bad for these Subarus. It's a new, newer model thing where like a lot of people who, who've been like legitimately car repairmen they they would be on these forums online and say man i just did the same thing like i i don't understand why they have that drain plug for the transmission so um i didn't feel so bad when people said i've been doing this for 20 years and and have never done this before and and so 
Uh, it makes you feel a little bit better. Um, but yeah, the reason why we just bring all of this up is because like automatically God is going to break us in a lot of ways so that we can be righteously rebuilt to him. And uh, a lot of ways we can do the same thing to ourselves. And so there's a clear description of like, am I getting broken by God or am I breaking things myself? And me, like, I'm really good at breaking things. You know, I'm, I, I, I get in a rush. I, I have good intentions and, and, and get so excited to, to tackle a project. And, and then I just don't do it correctly because I don't do my due diligence, you know, and I don't do my research. And that can really cause problems down the road. And so I've learned a little bit in life to just kind of like, you know, slow down a little bit. And, and a lot of ways, though, like we can be like this in our spiritual and our normal walks of life. Uh, we, we get in a huge rush, right? We, we, we try to do things on our own. We try to do things without the advice of somebody else, right? And it, it can be kind of good if we get lucky, but a lot of times it's very detrimental to our growth as human beings, to our knowledge. It's very detrimental to our emotional and mental health, you know, because we're always discouraged when we can't do things correctly. And I mean, if you guys joined us last week, you'll remember that we briefly discussed in 2 Corinthians 5.17, where it says, therefore, if anyone in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone and the new is here. You know, oftentimes, especially around like New Year's and different things, we, we make goals to make ourselves better. You see the quote, new year, new well, you're me. you're always seeing people at the gym trying mm -hmm. to get strong. For and a week, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. And this is because in a way we're recreating ourselves and trying to make ourselves something that we're just not. Well, and like it's a natural tendency to be able to want to do that to have that desire because like we do want to make ourselves better right mm -hmm, of course but like at the same time we've got to also understand that we can't be unrealistic with ourselves you know um and so a lot of times it's, we got to just allow god to do these things through us instead of us making unrealistic goals mm -hmm. for well, our I mean, we need to be self-aware it's it's good for growth right yeah yeah. Um, but I mean, if we want to see ourselves grow to the fullest potential, it's important that we understand that our growth is limited to, to our pain or in other words, our brokenness. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, there's actually this book that I kind of was uh, reading a little bit and got to finish it a, a few months ago. And it was a book that talked about pain and leadership. And, and it really was saying how like pain is a very important part of, of leadership. Like if you are not experiencing pain as a leader, then there's a good chance that you're not being an effective enough leader, right? And, and I, I would say the same thing within our regular normal lives that if we're not experiencing pain, um, then we're not being effective in our walks with Christ. We're not being effective in our everyday lives at work, whether it be at the house, whether it be at work, whether it be out in the communities. We're not being effective enough. And, and the reason why is because what happens is, is there's this whole transformation cycle that goes on throughout our life. And, and in order to transform, in order to get to that goal, in order to reach the vision that God or yourself has given you, you've got to grow, right? And, and, and the book really mentions that growth equals change. And, and if you really want to grow, you have to be willing to change some things, whether it be changing processes, programs, whether it be changing habits, uh, whatever it may be in your life. Uh, if you want to get rid of anger, for example, you've got to learn to change your approach to how you're thinking about what's making you angry, right? And so growth requires change. Growth equals change, but change also requires pain, 
you cannot grow if you don't change and you cannot change if you do not experience pain growth equals change and change equals pain and you know like i really want to emphasize something with you guys and to all the listeners here and i really want you to understand something if you can't get anything out of this podcast i do want you to get this from us today we are like clay pots Ta-ting! <laughs> <laughs> i wish we had sound effects <laughs> well like here's here's what i mean when i say this like clay pots they serve a great purpose you know they 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 carry life they they they're the to be the vessel in which the plant grows. They're the people who, the, the vessel that transports water and transports goods. And clay pots, they have a huge responsibility. You know, they, they carry life. They carry plants. They, they, they carry the things that need to live. Uh, they, they carry water uh, that, that helps us live. But their responsibility is great, but also with good responsibility, they also have a great burden, and that's their weakness. They're very fragile, and they're easily broken by things. Their fragility is just, like, way up there. Like, you I can mean, easily drop it, and it's good. Yeah, and if, if anyone's ever, like, gone to, like, a high school art class or anything like that and, and actually worked with clay, especially before they're put in the kiln, like, once they are dry before they're put in the kiln, they are in the most fragile form. I mean, you have to be so, so careful. So many art projects have gotten broken. It's delicate, you know, and uh, a lot of times we like to come in like the, there's an old term, like a bull in the china shop, you know, mm-hmm. and that's me. That's it. <laughs> bull, when you look up a bull in the china shop, the definition is going to come up. It's a picture of John's face. And there's going to be a picture of me, and it's not because I'm trying to be rude or mean. I'm just excited, and I don't know any better, right? It's like a puppy when you bring it home, and it's just reckless and tearing things up and peeing and pooping and, and scratching and tearing up your shoes. It, you know, not a bad a heart behind it. It's just lack of knowledge, lack of knowing, lack of wisdom. And so, like... Uh, sometimes we, we try to do things that we think is right for our lives or we try to do things that we think is right for our family or for God's kingdom, right? But we really, a lot of times, get extremely reckless and don't consider God in the things that we do, you know? And I've been uh, somebody who's done that in my life where I haven't considered God. And, and as a result, we fall and we're shattered to pieces because we're trying to implement change and we thought that the change would be good but it turns out that it was not and that we're really changing for our kingdom instead of his and that's where it becomes a detriment that's where we've got to really be careful about the things that we're doing uh, and in other words what i'm trying to say is <laughs> and we might lose some listeners for this is like i'm just i don't and i'm just like i'm sick and tired of seeing christians like recklessly throw their fragile selves around you know like they 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 think that they got it i'm gonna live on my own without god's consent i'm not gonna consult god i'm not gonna talk to god i'm not gonna read his word i'm just gonna go and do this because i think it's right because i found that one bible verse in the bible that supports me even though it has nothing to do with the thing that i'm trying uh to do and accomplish uh i'm gonna twist the words of the bible i'm gonna twist the words of god and see christians they recklessly throw their fragile selves around they make a mistake they crack and break and they break out in self-pity because i did all these things for god and yet 
that he didn't defend or protect me. And, and, and it's, it's really us throwing ourselves under the bus. We're fragile. Yeah, growth equals change and change equals pain. But don't self-inflict pain if there's no purpose in the pain. And furthermore, and more importantly, don't self-inflict pain if you're fulfilling your own kingdom instead of God's. Well, I mean, there, there's a perfect passage in scripture about this. Right here in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it reads, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God wow. and not from us. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's, I guess that's what, there was this problem in this passage of scripture uh, found in 2 Corinthians, uh, where the church of Corinth they they had division and there was quarrel among the people and this also led to the people questioning paul's authority within the church and i'm going to tell you paul nips this right in the bud and he let the people know who was in charge he's like i am the man on campus behind jesus right <laughs> uh, and he really had he really had to let these people know though because it was causing division and the last thing the church needed in order to get this gospel carried throughout the nations was division and so paul nips this in the bud where he says in second corinthians chapter 4 verses 7 through 12 but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from god and not from us and so like automatically i think like we are pots we're we're, we're pots of clay right and we have this treasure and like first of all like if you're to give all your money and put it into anything reliable, the last thing you're going to put treasure in is something super fragile. Yeah, you want that locked tight in a safe. <laughs> you know, like I watched The Matrix and they have to go through all these things to get into the bank. Or like I was watching, what's that movie where like the old guys robbed the bank because they took their social security or what? Oh my gosh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't know right now. Yeah, but like there's a big process in order to protect the treasure. And, and when it talks about treasure here, it's talking about treasure from God. Right? God gives us this treasure of salvation. He gives us this treasure of, of love, of grace, of mercy. And so God gives us a treasure and he puts it in this fragile jar of clay, which is us. Why would God trust putting treasure in us? And it's simply because he loves us and he knows that if we, if we conform to him and we consult him, that yeah, we might break, but he wants to make us into something more beautiful when we do break. There's this uh, Japanese type of pottery where when there's a broken piece of ceramic or a broken piece of pot or, or whatever it may be, a piece of clay, the Japanese, they glue it back together and they, they expose the crack. They don't hide it. They expose it and cover it with gold. And that's what Jesus does when we, when we fall, when we mess up. Yeah, it's sometimes self-inflicted, but he will pick us back up. He'll glue us back together, and he'll create us into something even more beautiful. And yes, our flaws are exposed. Yes, our flaws are shown to the world. But God has some all-surpassing power that he gives to us and makes us into a better creation than that when, uh, of what we were before. And so it goes on to say in verse 8, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. You ever feel like... Uh, have you ever seen like Monsters, Inc., when... Uh, Boo is in the trash uh, thing. I forget what it's called, where they crush the trash together, mm -hmm. and she's about to get crushed. And then what's his name, Sullivan or whatever? Sully. He, the, Sully, he, the big guy. He he comes and saves her right before it crushes her. And he thought she was crushed, 
because the mask, the, the, her, her costume was on in, in this big old pile of trash. But we are, pre hey, you know, I can imagine feeling that way. Like everything is coming at you from a different angle. It, you could be having a bad marriage. You could be having bad kids. You could be having uh, people treating you like crap at work, people treating you like crap at church. Uh, and it can be coming from all angles. It says we are hard-pressed on every side. We are surrounded. The enemy is attacking me. But guess what? The Bible also reminds us that though we might be perplexed, though we might be pressed on every side, we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but guess what? Not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. Imagine that. N knowing that we are the reasons Jesus died. We carried that guilt and that shame with us. And we do that so that the life, as it continues on in verse 10, of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Verse 11 says, For we who are alive are always being given over to the death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly... Outwardly, we are wasting away. We're getting old. We're looking. Those wrinkles, girl, they're starting to show up. I'm going to have to get, uh, what are those things called? Liposuction? Is that what it's called? <laughs> that's, for, that's for getting rid of, like, excess fat. Okay, so, like, uh, what get rid of? Like a, like a facelift. Okay, um, you know, every night you got to wear your face mask, and I'm not talking about the coronavirus one. I'm talking about the avocados with... <laughs> cucumbers on your eyes uh <laughs> you know our mortal bodies they, they they're their death is working outwardly we're wasting away yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day this is a process inwardly we're being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so what's the solution to this well i'll go ahead and get to that in a second I would just like to say it's very important to know that this life is a process and we're going to experience hurt. It reminds us of that earlier in the verse where it says we're hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. We're persecuted but not abandoned. Here's my question to you, and, and, and maybe Madison can allude to this a little bit. Is it from God? As in the persecution, is the hurt, is the brokenness that we get when we're shattered to pieces, are we shattered because of what God has allowed or what because or what we have allowed? Well, it's it's all internal. Like our our feelings, I, I feel like, are what hold us back the most when it comes to our own brokenness. And I just keep thinking about glass mosaics. We have such a humanly outlook and often think that if the yeah. worst has come, we're beyond repair and it'll be too much effort on our part to get back where we want to be and don't see the bigger picture, which is in fact that all these little pieces of glass get placed back together perfectly to form a new image entirely. Well, that's the beautiful story too, is that like glass is something that you would think would be irreparable, but like everything is repairable. You know, like like I, I'm in the business of garage doors, and like I remember I had Madison help me out one time, and she was like, "Well, I don't, I just, I'm just scared of messing something up." And I said, "Well, if you mess it up, we'll fix it." You know, and that's the attitude that we've got to have is that like, yes, we all mess up, and we don't want to mess up, but that's not the end of it all. And it, it, it was it, he's talking about like the wall buttons, and so I was helping with like the wiring, and I just I kept being so worried about about 
you know, running out of wire. And I w and it took me a while to get comfortable knowing that he had extra wire that he could splice, splice, right? That yeah. word, splice back together and Well, and that's the beautiful wire. story of the gospel is that Jesus doesn't care about our past. He doesn't care how uh, bad of a person we were or how bad of a person we are. In fact, the Bible says that we're all bad people and we're all kind of, we all fall short of the glory of God. The only thing that saves us is the grace of God. And so his grace is for everyone who's willing to accept it. And, you know, as far as brokenness goes, like I remember back in high school, like I, I would always try to chase after things that God didn't want me to have. I remember always chasing after a girl that God didn't want me to have. And, you know, it, it led me to being broken because I was had the wrong desires, you know, and God had to really take that person out of my life and yet hurt because my desire was for what I wanted and not for what God wanted. And that's why it hurt so bad. And that's what we do. We tend to do it in our lives. We we look for something and we try to go after something that's not really what God wants in our lives. And God says, okay. And he sits back, you know, like a parent, you know, like, like a parent who's going to watch his kid do something or watch her kid do something. They want to see what they're going to do. So they sit back. And that's when God just says, I'm going to sit back and watch you learn, you know. Yep. And and he did that. He sat back and he watched me learn. And I learned real quick that, you know, I just need to go ahead and allow what God wants in my life. And, and again, growth equals change and change equals pain, you know. And <laughs> that's that's the problem I had is, is in order for me to grow closer to God and get more into his will, I had to make a decision that was hard on me and ultimately hard on somebody else. But that's what happened is, is I made that decision and it, it caused pain on my part and it caused pain on the other person's part, but it caused change in both of our lives, which then resulted in growth for both of our lives, you know? And that's the beautiful thing of the gospel is that God sees something from an eternal perspective that we never really get to see until it comes into fruition, you know? And so I just, my thing is, is we're always trying to do things for ourselves without consulting God. And God is always going to just sit back and watch and, and, and allow us. And sometimes he'll stop us and say, no, don't, you know, why do we always think God makes, God's got this deep voice, like, <laughs> the movies. you know, like, <laughs> no john you are not supposed to do that you know like uh, or no john like what if he has a hispanic voice no john no Juan, you're not supposed to do that uh, you're like uh, well no wasn't he from the middle east well he was from the middle east uh <laughs> you know god is, god ha is not secluded to race or gender so <laughs> uh he, he would sound like <laughs> you know <laughs> We're just getting off track. But, you know, like, sometimes we wish God would come to us in a clear voice, and, and uh, he doesn't really. Maybe for some of us he does, lucky for them. But And that's why it becomes so hard. And, and when we do decide to do something, we think it's of his will. We manufacture his will into our lives. When in all reality, you cannot manufacture the will of God. And God is, is not the person that you're going to mess with. He's going to allow you to do it, and he's going to watch you mess up, and then he's going to be like, all right, here I am. Are you okay with allowing me to comfort you? And so I guess the question and the big question that we have of today is, is what's the fix? What's the solution to being broken? Yes, we break ourselves. Sometimes we're broken by the world, right? Um, 
I've had deaths in family, which has just horribly broken me. I've had situations where where I've been broken by by leadership, by by people who should not have broken me in the past, and it hurts. And and it's a process of of just revitalizing. It's a process of of getting fixed. It's a process of uh, getting therapy, whether it be from someone else or from God or or whatever. It's a process though to to get better and heal from that. It's a healing process. And so whether it be from ourselves or from God or or from other people. All of us are going to get broken at some point, and there's got to be a fix for it, right? And so the question is, what is the fix? Well, luckily, we have the Bible. Yeah, it's the Bible. You know, it's this good book that God wrote, right? You should read it sometimes. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it's big, and it's got words, Holy Bible, on the front of it. But we've got this handbook for life. A lot of times we ask, you know, I wish I just had the answer. I wish I could just know exactly what God wants. Hello! You do. <laughs> you do, and it's right there. <laughs> In a town near you, verse 18 of Second Corinthians, it tells us, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Well, how do you fix your eyes on something that you can't see? You know? Yep. It's like, my favorite color is clear, right? <laughs> I like looking at nothing. That's what I'm going to fix my eyes on is nothing. <laughs> like, the Bible sometimes doesn't make sense, right? We fix our eyes on something, not what is seen, but we fix our eyes on the unseen. Well, keep on reading. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So what is it talking about here? We fix our eyes on God. There's a... Uh, for King and Country song, fix my eyes. Eye. We should end in that song. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, we should fix our eyes solely on God. How do we do that? Well, simply, we give our lives to Him first. If we fully and completely give our lives to Jesus, we say, Jesus, I trust my life with you, and I trust everything that you're going to do with it. That's the first step. We repent of our sins. That's the second step. True repentance is fully surrendering to God and fixing the mistakes that you have made, not only with God, but with the people in which you've made those mistakes, right? And so we fix our eyes not only by repenting and asking for forgiveness, but we press on. Paul reminds us in his scripture, he says, I press on towards the mark for the prize of the upward calling in Lord and Christ Jesus. That's what we need to do. We need to press for our goal. We need to reach our goal. And when we reach that goal, we know that it is of God because we are fixing our eyes on the things that are unseen, which is God himself. And so this is the ultimate solution to ending our brokenness, right? Ultimately, though, God's got a beautiful plan for all of us. And if we want to truly fulfill that, we've got to vocalize that. We've got to put that in our lives and involve him in our everyday decisions and we do that through praying we do that through love we do that through reading his scripture and we do that really by practicing the things in which he said and so i'd encourage you folks today to just go ahead and if you have it get close to god talk to him pray with him
read his word, and be of good practice so that when others see the way that you live your life, they think of Jesus. When you do that, your brokenness, all the shattered pieces on the ground will go from shattered to fully restored and made into a new creation. Jesus Christ will be the reason. Jesus Christ will be revealed and seen through all of them. Thank you for joining the Righteous Rebuild Podcast. Where restoration takes place. God bless and Jesus loves you.